Hello everybody, how's it going? Ben Gothard here with another Project Egg interview, and today we're talking to Brett Curry from Kansas City. How you doing today, Brett? I am doing fantastic, Ben. What about you? I'm doing awesome, man. Thanks so much for coming on the show. So I want to start off strong uh, with, with my first question, and that is, what is your story? Dude, that is a... Uh... I'll give you the obviously the abbreviated version. Uh, don't want to bore people, but oh no, you, you don't know, have morning, to go go full into it. <laughs> okay, all right. So so let me give you like the you know I'm I'm a big fan of like starting in the action immediately. So let me start in the action, and then we'll go backwards and and uh, talk about how how this all got started. But uh, you know my life is super super busy. So I run a I run a business, uh, OMG Commerce. We we do paid search SEO. So I'm, I'm an e-commerce and 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 search guy. Uh, my wife and I actually, we have eight children, believe it or not. Sometimes I wait a little bit before I say that because then it makes me look crazy, uh, but I'm okay with that. So we actually have eight children ranging from uh, 14 and a half down to five months. And so like I, I go from, you know, our, our company, we have about uh, 18 employees. And so I go from managing chaos uh, at work to managing chaos at home. And so that that's my life. But um, you know, I grew up in a middle-class home, awesome parents. Uh, my dad was always one of those guys that was like, Hey, you can, you can do this. Like whatever you set your mind to, you can absolutely do. And it was so powerful because he believed in me before I believed in myself. A little bit of a goofy kid, honestly, uh, was a little bit overweight for a, a period of time, just like before I had a gross spurt, but it felt awkward and kind of goofy. And, uh, so as my dad was telling me like, Hey, you, you can get out and do that. Or you can impress that girl, which I really didn't believe that at the time. <laughs> but as he told me those things, I eventually I started believing, um, my dad was not an entrepreneur though. He, he's always worked for somebody, uh, super hard worker though. Like always, you know, going to work early and, you know, never, I don't remember a time my, my dad ever called in sick ever. Uh, and so like had the strong work ethic, but you know, kind of got this entrepreneurial bug when I was in college, honestly, and I uh, was studying marketing. I was paying my way through college, working at a radio station, selling ads. So I was in my, uh, you know, I was 20 and, uh, by selling radio ads and just fell in love with marketing and fell in love with uh, the marketing business. And so, uh, took a leap of faith right after college and opened an agency, which is not that advisable probably to, for a lot of people. Um, I was married at the time. My, my wife and I got married young. Uh, so yeah, started an agency right out of college. Thought I knew more than I did, but, uh, uh, but you know, started a business right out of, out of college. So it was 2003 that we started the business. And, and, and you know, it, it actually grew. It did okay. Like we had some, some bad years, uh, mainly uh, offline marketing so tv radio a little bit of print kind of developed a specialty though with tv tv and video that was that was my passion uh, not so much on the creative side but on the on the campaign side placing media formulating campaigns things like that that's what i kind of fell in love with uh and then in 2004 ish is when i first started dabbling in online and and had a had a client say they were, they were an online merchant they said hey do you know seo and i said no i know nothing of seo and they said well we'll, we'll pay to learn it and so that's what they did. They paid me. I, I learned SEO. Totally got hooked on. I got them ranked on page one of Google for the search term brochures, uh, which I thought was just it was like this huge for me. Um, and uh, so anyway, that that, that, that kind of started my path down the search marketing space, and that's what we've been doing: building and growing in in paid search and organic search. You know, for the last uh, last seven years as OMG and OMG Commerce, and then prior to that, it was another business. But, but uh, yeah, so that's kind of the the quick the quick story, if you will. Wow, wow. So, you know, I wanna I wanna jump back into your uh, back into your history a little bit. So, you know, you said you grew sure. up um, in this home where uh, you were always encouraged to do things, uh, and, and you know, you may have seen yourself as a little bit goofy, uh, but but you had a very encouraging home. Um, how has that kind of carried over? Uh, in, into how you operate your business today? Yeah, I think it totally has. I'm, I'm a pretty confident person and, and, you know, my parents were people of faith and so they instilled faith in me even there's a time when I didn't totally buy into it, but, uh, but do now. And so that, so that was a big influence as well, but they were stable, you know, steady and, and very positive. And so I, I don't really fear failure that much, uh, but we, we, what's interesting though, so just to talk about this a little bit, uh, and, and so I love my dad, he's awesome. 
I think there may have been times, and this is just pure speculation because I haven't asked him point blank, but he's not entrepreneurial. So I think as he was seeing me do some of my entrepreneurial things, he was like, what are you doing? Just get a job, man. Just go ahead and get a job. You can do anything, but, but get a job. Uh, so it was like he, he didn't, he didn't get what I was, what I was doing. Um, so, but I, I think I've just, I've got uh, natural confidence. I don't have a, a huge fear of, of failure. I was talking about this with my business partner recently, uh, looking at where our business is and, and, you know, we got good growth opportunities. We're a premier Google partner. So we meet with Google reps frequently and lot, lots of growth. And we're just talking about like, what uh, what are the things that, that we're scared about or what are our concerns, fears, if, if you will? I'm not really afraid of failure, but I am concerned about missing opportunities now, right? Where I don't want to in five or 10 years look back and say, we had this huge opportunity and we missed it because we weren't ready. We weren't ready. We weren't bold enough. We didn't take the right steps, you know, something like that. So I think, I think to answer your question, the thing that most helped me from my childhood was just instilling confidence. Um, and also my, uh, my dad was always in management. Uh, my mom was a stay at home uh, mom. And so they, but my, my dad took care of people. Like he, he was a great manager, took care of people. My mom was super, super sweet. And, so I think that also helped too, like just dealing with people. I've always been a people person. I think I get I get that at least somewhat from my my parents uh, as well. But um, you know my uh, my mom actually passed away when I was 15. So she had uh, she had lung cancer, passed away when I was 15, and it was an amazing woman. Like watching her go through that process was horrible, but also I saw this incredible strength and uh, strength of faith, physical strength. Like she's just an amazing woman. Um, but that also caused me to really grow up too. Like so. Uh, you, you seem like, a, I mean, you're, you're doing awesome stuff at a, at a young age. Uh, I think in some ways, like going through that, I matured faster in some ways, you know, uh, still goofy in others, but like I, I had this maturity uh, because I kind of had to, you know, I lost my mom and, and my dad was fantastic. But uh, so, yeah, I think, I think it was a, a number of things that I started doing at a, at a younger age, maybe uh, that, that helped, but, but the, the confidence, people the right way like those things from childhood i think have helped the most probably absolutely and and you know i do want to thank you for uh being as transparent as you are um you know i know yeah that I sometimes it's difficult to talk about these things um but yeah. but i want to i want to talk a bit about failure because you mentioned sure how, um you're not really scared of failure uh, you're mm -hmm. more scared of missing opportunities um can you talk a little bit about um your opinion on how entrepreneurs should deal with and view failure? Mm. Yeah, it's a good, it's a great question. And so I think, you know, what failure looks like probably changes a little bit uh, depending on the, the stage of life that you're in, you know? So when I was 22 and starting my business and my wife was 20-ish, 21 at the time, uh, you know, failure to us would probably be like losing it, you know, losing the business. We were only renting. I mean, we had like nothing. We had nothing at the time. So, you know, going to zero for us wouldn't have been that big of a deal. You know, lose, you lose absolutely everything at that age. I mean, we're young. It wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Um, going to zero now, <laughs> you know, now that I have eight kids and a business and, you know, we, you know, we get used to a certain lifestyle and all that much more painful uh, now. So, you know, the, the, the way that I would want to look at failure is, is one, to a certain degree, it's necessary. Right? You have to have some failure to grow. So uh, it's, uh, failure also keeps you humble and keeps you focused, right? So you, you think you're awesome at – this is what I think happens. You're awesome at one area, so then you think you'll be awesome at every other area. And then sometimes you have to try those areas and realize, you know what, I'm not that great at that. And a and, uh, dose of humility, reality sets in, and then and you readjust. But uh, I think I think failure is a great teacher. It's a great teacher. I, I do think there's a difference. So when I say I'm not uh, afraid of failure, uh, I don't also want to have like this bravado where I'm like, oh, just pushing all the chips on the table. If this all goes to zero, no big deal. Uh, I don't want to do that either because that's just silly. Um, but I don't, uh, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily fear that if, if it were to happen. Um, so yeah, I think I think being able to to recognize that we got to have some little failures along the way. Don't be afraid of that because we're just going to be stronger, we're going to be better, we're going to be smarter after those failures. So you have to embrace it. I think you have to be willing to let your your team 
fail as well. So that's that's one of the things. You know, we've, we've got a team of, I think it's 18, 18, 19. We just hired a couple more. But but instilling in them that, hey, we want you to be thoughtful and follow processes, but also think outside the box and, and put the put the customer first. But then if we make mistakes, like we're going to learn from, we're going to grow grow from that, and 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 we'll be we'll be okay. So I think it's a necessary part of development and life. Absolutely, absolutely, and and you know to your point, as an entrepreneur, you know we really don't answer to anybody. You know we don't we don't have a boss. We don't have anybody telling us you know you got to do this, you got to do that. So in right. in some ways, when you were saying that failure as a teacher, that kind of is the the market the market's way of saying hey. You know, you're not doing something right. So you know, right, I, I like right. how, I really like how you said that it's it's a learning process. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and one little thing I'll add to that: I'm a huge, I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan because uh, it does my era. You know, uh, but he, I heard him say in some interviews. You know, if you, I don't know, this was potentially before your time, but when the Bulls would always clash with the Pistons, and the Pistons were the bad boys, and they were tough, and they just abused people, and and played a different set of rules. Like rules in basketball have changed a little bit. Now the kind of fouls they committed would get you ejected from games. But but he always said like the, the years when the Pistons beat him up, that made that was part of what made him the player that he was. He was driven anyway. He was a freak of nature anyway. But but like playing against Joe Dumars and some of those guys that just beat him up, he he said that that helped him. It pushed him more, made him more hungry, made him dig and and work harder and all those things. So, you know, he may not have been the, the dominant force quite to the level that he was without the pain of the, the pistons there for a while. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, that's a really great analogy to, to what we're talking about. So thank you for that. Uh, yeah. Now, you talked about how your biggest thing was, um, or not your biggest thing, but, but one of the things you mentioned um, was missing opportunity, was, was mm-hmm. something that, mm-hmm. that you did really fear. So um, can you maybe give a little bit of insight on one some some opportunities that you may have seen uh, go by that you that you wish you would have taken, um, and and just in general how entrepreneurs can make sure to not only identify those opportunities as they come about, but but take advantage of them. Yeah, it's a great question. So I think some of the times we miss opportunities and we don't even realize it. I think that was one of our biggest mistakes. We first started uh, OMG, Online Marketing Giants, what stands for, but everybody calls us OMG. We first started that, my business partner and I, you know, we're both pretty smart marketers. You know, we we uh, understood offline marketing, online marketing. And so we tried to do a little bit of everything. And that was our that was our biggest mistake. Like we tried to, hey, you need a website design? Sure, we'll design that. You need hosting? Yeah, we'll, we'll take care of hosting. You know, and then, of course, search marketing, all these other pieces as well. And so we, we got to the point where we were spread so thin. Uh, I'm, I'm confident there were times when we were stuck in the minutia of website design and development which we were not good at. We were, we were bringing on freelancers and stuff to help, but we, we still got dragged into that way more than we should. And I'm confident that that kept us from growing the things we were really good at, uh, kept us from growing faster. So it's finally when we realized that, okay, we're not that good at website development, so let's, let's scrap that. We'll bring on... We'll just refer people to companies we trust. Uh, we're great, though, at search. We're good at, at paid search. We're good at organic search. That's where we need to focus. So I think that's one of the things that entrepreneurs have to do is uh, we, we can develop tunnel vision. So I think you have to be careful about that, too. But focus on what can you be world class at? Like, what can you be really, really good at? And so for us, it was search. And we realized, man, we, we, can, we know the strategy. We know how this works. We've got the team built that can do this. Uh, you know, we, we've become thought leaders in, in a variety of areas on, on, on the search space. So I'm confident there in the beginning years, we missed opportunities because we were caught up in stuff that, you know, completely had our attention and our mental energy. And it was stuff that just was, we, we had, uh, you know, kind of like major league talent in a minor league opportunity, um, or maybe it was major league opportunity that we were, we were applying to something that we weren't that good at. Uh, maybe that'd be a better uh, way to say it. So in terms of, of how do you not miss opportunities? Um, you know, I think it's a couple things. I think one, you have to understand your industry, uh, very clearly. I think the other thing is having a, a little bit of headspace, like having some, some freedom of thought. So the other thing that happened too, when we were constantly saying yes to every opportunity, is that we had no free time mentally, right? And and I, I told my wife a couple times I came home from work and I said, you know, I'm every day I'm dealing with mostly things I've never dealt with before because we're trying to do all these new things. 
And so I just came home and I was completely exhausted mentally and physically. And so I think what happens though is, is and I'm, I'm a fairly creative guy, uh, not an art or not an artistic way, but creative in terms of coming with solutions and putting things together. But I found that I wasn't able to do that because I was so I was stretched so thin, trying to chase every opportunity, just saying yes, yes. It was like the yes man, if you've seen that Jim Carrey movie. Uh, not to that extreme, but you know, I was saying yes to everything, and just got to where I had no no free space in my head to think or or to to connect things. And so I think if you do that, if you get focused in the right areas, uh, and then you have this freedom of thought, then you'll be able to piece together, okay, well, this really is the next thing we need to launch. This is the next thing we need to move into. And so I think, I think that's a big part of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you touched on it a little bit, um, but, but maybe you could go into a little bit more detail of, you know, if you are spread too thin, right? And, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs uh, are either on two extremes, either they're doing way too many things, um, mm-hmm. or they haven't even found that one thing that they're the best at, right? Right. So, right. so, how do you truly, uh, and, and maybe it's introspection, maybe it's it's feedback from customers, whatever it may be, how do you identify that one most important thing that you should be yeah. focusing on moving forward? Yeah, I think it's a couple of things. There's a, there's a book that I love. It's called Wild at Heart by a guy named uh, John Eldridge. And he talks about how one of his concepts is uh, find something that makes you come alive and do that. Because what the world needs is more people who are who have come alive, you know. So I think that's part of it, right? So you got to look at, okay, does this thing excite me? Uh, I remember when I was in, in college, um, uh, I'd already been selling and stuff at the radio station for a while. And I got recruited by a couple of life insurance companies. And I remember thinking, like, went to this nice dinner with these people. And I remember thinking afterwards, I'm like, I, I could not get excited about selling life insurance. I'm glad there are people that do. I've got a good friend of mine that does sell life insurance. And I buy my insurance through him. And like, it's a great profession. But I, it did not. It would make me go to sleep. It, that, that would not. That's not something that just gets me excited. Um, but then you also have to look at what are the economics too. So you know, if if what you if what excites you, if there's no money in it, then what, you've got yourself a hobby, which is cool. Like do do that hobby, have fun with it. It's not a business. Um, so then I think it's also part of of measuring feedback as well. So in the early stages, you know, you're a young entrepreneur, you're not really sure what you want to do. You just got to start trying stuff. You know, you start going to start doing stuff. So I guess in that in that way, um, maybe us saying yes to a lot of things in the beginning wasn't that bad because it did cause us to say, okay, we actually hate this. <laughs> like we we hate this with every fiber of our being. We've got to stop doing this. I think really that so the, so the biggest mistake probably on our end was not that we tried but that we maybe hung on to it for too long. So once we realized you guys are you get now website designers or I mean you know what it takes what it takes to make a good website but you're not good at managing that. Um, so we should, we should have scrapped that earlier. So I think there there is a process where you have to try things and experiment and see what works. Uh, but then I would I would definitely look at the feedback from other people. Sometimes you have to go against the grain on that feedback, right? I remember when I was first starting my agency, I had a guy that, that we'd gone to church with, awesome guy, actually a good business guy. Um, he kind of told me in a very nice way that I was crazy. Uh, and, and, and looking back, like I, his advice made sense. Like, you know, but, but there was a period of time when I had to ignore that advice and say, I hear what he's saying, but I, I can't listen. I'm, I'm going to press ahead. I'm going to do this business idea. Um, so sometimes you have to, have to ignore uh, some feedback. But then at the, at the same time, like if you start to start to, to run a couple of different business ideas and all of a sudden you get this idea where people are like, oh, I love that. You're really good at that. Like that, that's really working. You know, so if you can find that sweet spot of here's something that people want and they recognize you're pretty good at and it makes you come alive and you get excited about it, if you can find that grouping, that's a powerful, powerful combination. It might not always work, right? You might not always be... You know, I, I know some great people that own uh, plumbing businesses and roofing businesses and things like that. And they're maybe at a point where they would say, you know, roofing doesn't make me come alive anymore, but I like I like the business. I like the people, and, you know. So uh, don't don't take the coming alive uh, too literally, right? Because business is still hard work and you may have to still do stuff that you don't like and, you know, all of that. But but I think if you find that, that intersection of something that makes you come alive, something the marketplace wants – and something you're getting feedback on and, and positive confirmation that, hey, you're pretty good at that, then, then I think that's, that's where you want to be. Absolutely. That, that's, that's great uh, advice. That's great advice. And so, you know, to everybody that's listening, 
um, you know, I challenge you to really, really listen to what Brett's saying and, and try to implement that in, into your own life. You know, if you're if you're struggling to find that thing, you know, that one thing, think about you know those those intersections and 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 really give it some thought because I think you could truly take yourself and your business to the next level uh, if if you do find that one thing and, and and maybe tunnel vision a little bit on that one specific thing, right? So so again, thank you for that advice. Um, now you also mentioned how. Uh, you, you've always been somewhat of a people person, right? And mm-hmm. and uh, you said you, you kind of got that from your dad being a manager and, and you know encouraging you and whatnot. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how that has helped you uh, in your entrepreneurial journey and uh, why it's so important for entrepreneurs to have? Yeah, I think it is, and and you know I I believe we're all you know designed made differently, or or we, or we learn things as we go, and that makes us different. And so I, I'm a big believer. There's no cookie cutter. Like you don't have to be this super extrovert to succeed in business. I think that's proved over and over again. You know, lots of very successful business owners are not that extroverted. They're more introverted and and analytical or introspective. But um, you know, one of the things and I've thought about this a few times. You know, like I don't, I don't know how to code really. I mean, I understand some basic things. Uh, I'm not an artist. I don't do graphic design. Um, there's a lot of things that I don't do. You know, um, and so I was thinking one day, I was like, well, what, like, what am I good at? Like, what, what is the core of what drives this business? You know, and and makes it succeed. And I think part of it is is being able to form partnerships and and gain and earn the trust of clients and team members. And so, like, if I had to, if I had to distill it down to you know, kind of bottom line, what what is the you know the thing, the one thing that I'm good at, or one of the things that I'm good at is is really building that trust. And and so being able to sit across from, or actually, I rarely sit across. It's almost all virtual now. But talking to a client and explaining to them, hey, this is what we see in your business. This is what we do. This is how we can help. And and earning that trust. And then also, you know, meeting with a prospective employee or talking to current team members and saying, hey, guys, this is this is where we need to go or this this is what this is the opportunity that's in front of us. Let's all get behind it. and Let's go. Um, I think those those skill sets of uh, that part of my uh, the people side of me has been the most helpful. Um, one of the things that I, I have to be self-aware of that 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 has been a bit of a, a hindrance. So I have to kind of kind of watch it is. Uh, I want people to like me as well, right? <clears throat> Which can be a very good thing. Like it, uh, we, we're doing this thing called the culture index at our company, where everybody does like it's like a personality survey. You know, uh, shows you measures you on 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 uh, seven key things, and 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 then you, you know, shows you how you work with people and strengths and weaknesses and stuff like that. And so one of the things that I identified was, hey, like you want people to like you. And I think that can usually people that are like that, they're very persuasive, right? So good in sales, good in business development, good being like a visionary and stuff. So I, I want people to like me, but that can be a bit of a hindrance sometimes when you're building a team, right? Because ultimately, like you got to just drive the team forward and say, we got to take care of the client. We got to do what's right for the team as a whole. So I may have to make decisions that will cause you to not like me right now, uh, but but I got to do it anyway. And so that's been like I've had some good mentors. Uh, actually, a good friend of mine who's a, a business owner, a few years younger than me, actually, but he's very good at, at doing the controversial thing or very at peace if people don't like him. Uh, so I've had to like learn from him and learn from others how to be tough in certain areas. Uh, I've gotten a lot better at it. I've uh, gotten a lot. Uh, that, that's become a lot more comfortable for me to be the unpopular one when I need to be. Um, but I think in, in terms of building that trust, getting buy-in, getting the team moving ahead, that's that's where the people part comes in the most. Absolutely, absolutely. So you know, I wanna I wanna dive back into your history. We kind of got off from a little bit of a tangent there. Uh, yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm glad we did. But uh, you know, let, let's come back to your history. So um, you know, you, you were saying how you know you grew up in that middle class home. Um, and, and, you know, you went through as a kid and, and you were building that confidence. Um, did you go to college? Did you go to, to university? I did. Okay, I so did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to uh, Missouri State University uh, here in Springfield, Missouri, which is where I am now. And, uh, yeah, it was a great, great school. I, I think the reason it was beneficial for me, and, and I'm, I'm a big believer that, you know, college is not right for everybody. And I think getting this mindset that, you know, my my path in life has to look like complete high school, go to four year school, and then figure out what I want to do. That doesn't work for everybody. I think I think people get 
saddled with huge amounts of school debt for, and then they realize I don't even like what I studied. Um, so I think there's a lot of uh, just wastefulness in terms of wasting money on college, you know, not really going to help you like you think it will. Um, for me, I think it was great. I, I actually did learn marketing while I was there. I also learned, uh, I enjoy writing. So I, I learned how to be a better writer there. I learned the discipline of completing tasks. Like it, for me, I think it was good. I'm glad that I did it. I also had this experience where I was going to marketing classes during uh, a couple of days a week, right? And then working at the radio station the rest of the time. And so then I was talking to business owners. I was selling them on ideas. So I had like this great uh, coupling of theory and idea and principles, right, from teachers, professors. And then I could go and talk to a business owner and see if like they cared about that, see if that resonated, right? And and so for me, it was really, it was great, I think, to have that, that, that combined education of, you know, doing stuff in the real world and in the classroom. And I had some phenomenal teachers. You, know, I could, always, you could always tell the professors that had done something outside of uh, academia. And people that, you know, I had uh, one of my marketing professors was a, a big time consultant for Deloitte and Touche for a while. And another person that had run their own business. So, like their, their advice in the classroom was just phenomenal. But then coupling that with actually getting out and selling stuff, meeting face to face with business owners, that that really made that happen, I think, for me. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, earlier, I believe you said that you caught the entrepreneurial bug while you were still in college. Um, I did. Yeah. So, yeah. so can you maybe talk about uh, when you know, you know, when that really did happen, and, and kind of the the uh, you know, just what you were what you were doing and, and what you were thinking in that time period? Sure, sure. I was so I was um, uh, probably a junior in college, something like that, and been selling uh, radio for a while. Done done okay with it, considering my age and considering that I was going to school too. Um, and I just remember like having all these ideas about growth and, and I would be meeting with a client and talking to them about radio because that's what I was selling and that's who employed me was the radio station. I was thinking about, okay, we got to talk radio, but I'd have all these ideas of, man, you really, like if I were you, I'd be wanting to do this, you know, I'd want to do TV or I'd want to do this direct mail campaign or something like that. Um, uh, at the time I also started uh, listening to a guy named Jay Abraham. Do you know Jay Abraham? Uh, I do not, unfortunately. Yeah, a little bit older school now. I just saw his name pop up with a another group recently. The, the, so, like the guys that run Traffic and Conversion Summit, which is where we met, you know, uh, Roland and Perry. Uh, I do, I do, so I run some campaigns for those guys, but they they all know Jay Abraham. So, like Jay, Jay Abraham and Dan Kennedy, like they were the marketing guys in the early '90s and stuff. And anyway, I listened to some of his training, Jay Abraham's training, and he talked about like forming joint venture partnerships and, and doing, you know, percentage of growth deals as a consultant and just, and then just all kinds of awesome marketing ideas. So as I listened to that, like my head just exploded and I thought, man, this, this marketing stuff is fun. Like it's not just, it's not just kind of interesting. Like they, I, I would do this in my free time. This is fun. And so I was sitting talking to clients to sell them radio thinking, I don't really want to be talking about radio right now. Like I'd like these other ideas better. These are cool. And so, uh, uh, you know, and I, but I started getting into selling and, and like selling uh, quite a bit. It's one of those things where, uh, you know, the, the fear of rejection, if you haven't done sales before, that, that set in a little bit. But then I remember I read this piece. It was like the way to overcome rejection is just to swim in it, right? Just, you know, it's like diving in the deep end or getting in the cold water. Like just jump and swim around in the rejection. You, you'll realize it's not that big of a deal. Uh, so, so I did that anyway and started liking uh, selling quite a bit after that. But I just had, had these ideas of, of other marketing things we could do. Uh, ended up talking to my uncle who owned a few businesses. He's very entrepreneurial, my, my dad's brother. And um, we started talking. Like he, he had this agency that he was kind of working with. And so that started us talking about, hey, you know what? Like maybe I could, maybe I could do that. Like maybe I could run an agency right out of, right out of college. And so it started, it kind of happened that way, just, just as I was observing and learning things. Um, a couple of classes probably did that too. I was on a, on a deal called Ad Team, which is where uh, we had a group of, it was like 10 of us that competed regionally. Uh, I think it still takes place, but it was almost like a uh, like students in free enterprise type competition, but it's called ad team. Anyway, we had to come up with a, we had to come up with an ad campaign for bank of America. And so like that, uh, that also got me thinking, 
man, if I was on the, the other side of the equation rather than selling radio, like helping clients and, and doing campaigns, like that would be exciting. So I talked to, it was one of those things that I was praying about, thinking about, and just felt like I should do it and mentioned it to my wife because I was, I got married uh, my second year in college, which is also kind of crazy, but we did. And uh, she was like, go for it. I love it. I was expecting her to say, you're insane. Just go get a job, you know, make steady money. But she was like, do it. So I was like, all right, I'm in, you know, I'm going to unleash this thing. So that's awesome. That's awesome. So you know, from from the point where you did unleash that bad boy, what mm-hmm. uh, maybe you could take us through kind of chronologically what happened after that? Yeah, it was great. So uh, I'm really thankful. Like the first year, the first year we did that was pretty darn good. Like the first year replaced the income that we had and then some. Right. So first year was like, dude, this is awesome. You know, making making better money than I was before. Uh, and then we had a couple of uh, rougher patches after that, right? So part of it was just me figuring out how to run a business. Part of it really was, I think, some of the uh, my youth catching up to me and some business owners being like, yeah, I think we'll go with this experience agency, not you all by yourself, you know? Um, and so, so I had a couple of pretty tough years. I'd say like year two and three were pretty bad. Uh, thought about quitting, thought about going to get a job. Because it was also one of those things, too, where I was I was young and in decent sales. And so like I had people wanting me to work for them uh, and things like that. So that was kind of enticing for a while. Uh, but pushed through, started to gain some uh, a decent reputation, started to build the business again. And I remember we had a couple of pretty good years and uh, talking to my wife and just saying, man, remember when things were so tough before and you know, now they're great. You know, we're making sales and things are going well. And then um, 2008 hit, right? So I, I had some partnerships, was working with this franchise group. They were sending me a lot of business, and they were in a space that got hit hard by the, by the recession. And then I had several other clients who literally like cut their ad budgets in half during the 2008-2009 period. So then it was like, oh, man, we, we, we kind of had these bad years, climbed out of it now, just getting torpedoed again. you know. So, so that was probably – 2008, 2009 was tough. Like we had to really buckle down and kind of make some changes and just figure out, you know, what we were doing. Uh, but but through all that, you know, was was doing some offline and online marketing. You know, I mentioned the SEO campaign in 2004. That kind of got that ball rolling. It was still like a sideline part of my business for for quite a while. Uh, but then as, th- as things got pretty bad and the recession started digging in more. And then uh, 2010, my business partner and I, we were at a conference. Uh, we were just, just buddies at the time. Uh, but we had a, had a business conference together and we were like, he was an entrepreneur who had kind of sold half his interest in a company and was kind of figuring out what to do. I had my agency that was, it was rebounding at this point, but was still struggling a little bit. And we're like, Hey, let's try something online. So we actually uh, started with just this project. Like we wanted to just help with this one little area. So that's why we, yeah, you know, I look at our name, online marketing giant, and I certainly don't hate it. It's fine, and everybody calls us OMG anyway. But like, we just threw that together. Like, it was just a, hey, we're we're doing this little project. Let's see how it goes, and it just exploded. I mean, we we had like seventy accounts, and I don't know, a matter of months, and then we're like, dude, this could be something, you know? And so then we started working and building. We really, in the beginning, we thought, hey, it's probably just going to be. Like my business partner and I, maybe some admin people to help us a little bit, but it's mainly going to be us, you know, gunslinger types out, closing deals, making stuff happen. And then we really realized like, hey, we need to build a team. And so um, so that's that's kind of what I've been working on is, is both selling and building the team. And and so that was, that was 2010 that we started. So fast forward to 2017, you know, we're a Google Premier partner. So that's we're in the top 3% of all Google partners. Uh, just found out uh, our, our Google reps flew in here to, to Springfield to meet with us a couple months ago. And uh, they said, from what they could tell, we were the fastest growing Google agency uh, in the Google partner ecosystem. Wow. So it, it could be that there were some faster growing ones outside of the U.S. or whatever. I don't know. But, but we were, you know, there, there are some agencies that are way, way bigger than us. So I don't want to. But we were the fastest growing. And, and so that that's pretty exciting. And so we're up to about 18, looking to add uh, a few more. And so, so yeah, that, that's kind of the. Uh, the quick version there. Um, so ups and downs, but man, I wouldn't trade any of it. Like the, the really bad times I think taught me like the value of money and the value of being prepared and the value that nothing is certain. Right. 
I mean, and I think I also watched this just really briefly. I watched this in a few other areas. I had this client when I was doing uh, mainly TV. Uh, they sold laser hair removal and laser hair removal and some other kind of elective medical things. And that for a while, they were just they were making bank. I mean, they were making huge amounts of money. And uh, I remember this this client was very conservative. She was just like she was saving most of it, saving it. And then when 2008 2009 hit, like that industry got hit really hard. But she had this huge stockpile of cash, so they were fine. And then today, they're they're doing they're doing decent again. But just I saw some other situations like that, and thinking, you know, nothing is forever. So I think there's got there's got to be this balance of I'm going to push, I'm going to be confident, and I'm going to go get business. I'm also going to save, and I'm going to plan for the future, and I'm going to be you know I'm going to be uh, smart uh, about growth and and you know. I know this, like we focus on Google shopping right now and, and AdWords a lot, but like that's going to shift and change too. So that might not be what we do forever. So like, uh, you know, are we prepared as, as changes and, you know, changes in markets come and stuff like that. So. Absolutely. So, you know, you said uh, a little bit earlier in the interview that while your dad was always very confident in, in you and helped to instill confidence in you. Um, that it's, at some levels he was like, okay, what are you doing with this entrepreneurial thing? Go get a job, right? Yeah. And yeah. Is he still saying that today? And, and, and if he's not, at which point did he no. say, okay, yeah, I see so, what you're doing? Yeah, that's a great question. So funny. We, uh, uh, my dad and I, have, we have a great relationship, but he, he, um, you know, now he's like, he, he says a little, so he doesn't fully understand what I do, right? So he doesn't understand technology. He doesn't understand Google. But he'll make comments like he's super proud, like he's super proud that, you know, it's it's happened. But I remember just, you know, subtle things like in the, you know, maybe the, the first and second round of, of bad times. He'd be like, hey, you know, like this company's hiring. You like you'll get a company vehicle. You know, like you go sell. You do really well. You know, he'd say things like that. Never, never like trying to squash the dream or say, you know, you're an idiot. Go do this. But he'd be like subtle things like, hey, check this out. You know, <laughs> or I'd be talking about, hey, this is what's going on in the business. And he'd be like. Oh yeah, it sounds great, you know. Uh, so it was always always subtle things like that. But it's probably been I don't know, maybe in the last three or four years, like starting to say okay, like you know when he when he came to my office and saw like there, hey, there's like people here and this is a real this is a real business, you know. That that's maybe when it when it shifted a little bit for him. But I mean, always proud of me, obviously. But I think just part of it is a lack of understanding. Like it's totally foreign to him, you know his. When he and my mom got married and they started having kids, like it was stability. We gotta have stability. So, gonna get a, gonna get a job. I even remember he he told me like he he uh, uh, went to work as a manager for this company, and they either said, hey, we'll give you this flat salary, or we'll give you a reduced salary and a percentage of everything we sell from your branch. And he took the salary. So I'm like, I'm thinking, oh, dude, I would totally take the the commission, but but that's just that's just the way that that I'm wired. So. Uh, so yeah, I, I, he still doesn't fully get it, but but he appreciates it and, and he's proud. So absolutely, absolutely, and, yeah. and I think that's what matters at the end of the day. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, for sure. So sure. you know, let's talk a little bit about, uh, or a little bit more about OMG Commerce, right? Sure. So so let's talk about um, how you develop that business and how you have built it into the to the business that it is today. And then maybe give a little bit of insight on exactly what y'all do. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, so like I said, we we started you know doing a little bit of everything online marketing. Really realized search is what we're good at. So we started kind of narrowing on that. Uh, we started getting some e-commerce clients as well. So companies that sell physical products online started getting some of those clients. And the thing that I immediately fell in love with when it comes to e-commerce is that I could see everything. Right. We could see from click to website behavior to dollars, you know, uh, the, what, what the conversion amount was. We'd see it all, the whole picture. And it was so refreshing because I came from this offline background where we come up with campaigns. We felt like we're brilliant for, like, let's say, a car dealership. And, and then they could only tell us if sales were up or down. They could never tell us, like, which campaign worked or was it the radio, the TV, the print? What was it? No one knew. Um, and even if you tried to help them figure it out or help them get salespeople to ask or you know, tracking numbers, like it still just wasn't, it wasn't that great. So that was the thing I fell in love with about e-commerce. And then we formed some partnerships, some partnerships, the people that sent us e-commerce businesses and, uh, met Ezra Firestone kind of early on in that. I don't know if you know Ezra, but he's a good friend of mine. Uh, so we, we were part of his very first blue ribbon mastermind group. Uh, I've spoken now, I think at the last 
for uh, Firestone events, talking about uh, Google Shopping or, or uh, some e-commerce topic. But um, so started in, in his part or in his mastermind, and then really just like, man, e-commerce. This is this is where it's at. So we we have both a non-e-commerce side of our business and e-commerce. So OMG Commerce, that's all e-commerce focused. And primarily search focus. So we're uh, paid search, we're SEO for e-commerce. And then one of the areas we were really well known for is Google Shopping. So I um, don't know if you ever had any experience with Google Shopping, either in, on the business side or, or uh, as a consumer. But I actually have uh, not personally, but but you know I'm sure a lot of the entrepreneurs listening uh, have. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a good friend of mine who owns an e-commerce store back in, I think it's about 2012, I believe that's when... Google Shopping went from Frugal, which was a, a free version, to Google Shopping, which is a paid version. Uh, and he was telling me, he was like, dude, I'm getting like a 10x return on my product listing ads, what they were uh, called at the time. And so I was like, well, I've got, I've got to learn this. So I kind of dove in with both feet. We started experimenting with it, playing around, started talking to all kinds of people that were running Google Shopping. And so really decided like that's the thing we can be great at and be well known for. And so we started running lots and lots of Google Shopping campaigns. And so uh, then, then with that, actually, I wrote the ultimate guide to Google Shopping uh, that Shopify published. So if you search for Google Shopping guide, it's the number one result. So it's the uh, Shopify published it, but I wrote it. Get some case studies and how-tos in there. Um, that's what I speak on the most. So when I spoke at Traffic and Conversion Summit, it was about Google Shopping and then uh, Shoppable TrueView, which is kind of a, a combining of uh, YouTube video ads with Google Shopping. Um, and I'm speaking at, at IRCE in Chicago in June, and it's about kind of full funnel search and how to make that how to make that work. So really, that that's our core. Like if you have an e-commerce business and you want better search marketing like that's that's what we do that's what we help with um so yeah and so we you know we're always recruiting always looking for good paid search managers good project managers you know things like that uh, looking for people to join join team omg but that's that's kind of where we are today absolutely so you know i i do love the amount of value that we provide on this call um i think we can step it up a notch right so all right so, all right. Good. Okay. so with the the google shopping and, and paid search and seo um, can you maybe give some actionable steps that the, the community that's listening can can implement into their own business, right? So if, if somebody was, you know, let's say they're in e-commerce or, or whatever business truly, but, but how do they go from not ranking at all to giving themselves the best shot at being position yeah. zero or position one? Yeah, so, uh, so in terms of, of SEO and this – one of the reasons we love Google Shopping so much is because there's some elements of Google Shopping that are like SEO. Uh, so as an example, with Google Shopping, you don't pick your keywords like you do with text ads. You know, text ads, you tell Google, here's the ad, and we want these to be this to be triggered when when you you know people search for these keywords. With Google Shopping, you're submitting a feed, a product feed to Google, and then Google's looking at that feed, looking at your page and saying, ah, you're relevant for these queries. So it's more of an influence thing. I'm influencing Google to show my ads for these keywords. Uh, so it's one of the reasons we love both, like SEO and Google Shopping, very similar. But to help with either, so the, the tip I'm going to give you will help with either organic search or Google Shopping. Uh, and it's a little bit broad, but I think uh, I'll narrow it down a little bit, is invest in your data, right? So invest in your data and the way your site is structured. It's so important. So if you're looking at, let's say you you are in e-commerce and you got uh, physical product pages, work on those product detail pages. Make sure your title tag is descriptive, that it has that's very clear what the product is, what the brand is, some key features. Like put some of the keywords in that title tag that that people search for. Uh, treat your meta description almost like a like you would an ad. Meta description doesn't influence ranking, but it does show up in the search results, so it can influence your clicks. So I would treat that meta description like an ad. How do we get people to click? Is it, do we have some kind of a guarantee? Do we want people to pick up the phone and call? Like, What can we put in that meta description to get someone to take action? And then think about the structure of the page. Like, what, you know, Do we have the proper details? If I'm reselling someone else's products, do I have just all the, the standard manufacturer provided data or am I adding to that? You want to add to that. Um, and then the other piece is looking at, at structured data or uh, micro data. So looking at, at data markup. 
Uh, I'm convinced that's going to become more and more important. So you said position zero. That everybody says position zero. But if you look at, you know, the knowledge graph. So now if I search for something on Google, you see the little knowledge graph is off and off to the right side. It's got, you know, if you search for whatever music artist or something, you'll see their picture. You'll see like, hey, they were born here and in this place and all that. that that's all popular with micro data. So it's, it's a standard series of markup. Uh, that you put around your data so Google knows, okay, this is this is person markups as a person. This is their birthday and all their information. Or if it's a product, like this is product schema or product markup. And so this is the price and this is the quantity. These are all the, the, the points we need. Uh, the beauty of getting your data right is it's just going to help make everything easier, right? You're going to rank better organically. Your, your Google shopping campaigns are going to work better. It's not a real sexy thing, right? Like, you, the, the hey, go work on your data. Great. That sounds, I'm going to need like a, a bucket of coffee to keep me awake to do that. But uh, that's one of those things that I think is w well worth the investment. So if you've got your data right, it's going to help everything else. Um, and then the other thing that I would, that's kind of, uh, I would add, layer on to that is just work on those landing pages. Make sure the, you got a compelling offer, compelling headline, to where when you pay for traffic, it's gonna land on that page, you're putting your best foot forward. You're, you're telling the story of why you, why the product, why they should do it now, and, and you're making that easy. Because it's really hard for us, we, we primarily on the traffic side, it's hard for us if we send traffic to a page that really doesn't sell, you know, you, you can't blame the traffic if, if the page is, is not up to snuff. So, so invest in your data, invest in your landing pages, uh, hugely important. Absolutely, absolutely. So. You know, I do think that that is some some very valuable information that, that you just gave. And again, uh, you know, any entrepreneurs out there who may be struggling with with these types of things, I highly encourage you to, you know, really utilize the the tips that Brett's giving you. I mean, he's giving you gold. You know, so so there's no excuse now that that you don't know about these things. So so go go do them. Go implement them into your own business. Um, at the same time. You know, doing all these things and, and, and working on your marketing and, and, you know, working on your SEO, that's very time consuming, right? And, and for some entrepreneurs, and, you know, I'm like this myself, I want to work on the things that I'm the best at and I don't necessarily want to deal with all that other shit, right? Totally, and, totally, yeah, and, and so, you know, for, for entrepreneurs like that, um, at what point um, do they... Or, or at what point is it is it appropriate to start thinking, okay, let me outsource? You know, at what point in the business do you start saying, I want to focus on my core competency, I want to outsource everything else? Yeah, my advice would, would you know do that as quickly as possible if you can. Like so for for me, and I, I'm I'm 100% agree with you. Uh, like like take accounting as an example. I think this is something you should outsource as quickly as possible, right? If you're doing your own taxes. It better be because you're just getting started and you're saving money at all costs and there's not a lot of revenue, right? Once you start to do much of anything, you better outsource that. Why, why, would, like, why would you spend your time doing your taxes? Um, as far as what we do, like paid search, SEO, uh, you know, I would say, hey, if, if, if you've got – one, if you've got no desire, like if it pains you to learn it and to dig into it, then you probably should outsource because you're never going to be very good at it. Um, again, you can maybe learn the basics and do enough to get by, you know, to buy you some time or to get you some more revenue and then outsource it. But one of the things we look at doing is, and then, so this is what we do in our business. And I would also advise you to look for stuff like this is uh, let's take SEO as an example. One of the things we offer is an SEO audit. So we'll come in, we'll audit someone's current SEO. We'll look at their competitive landscape. We'll look at their pages. We'll give them kind of a laundry list of, Hey, these, these are the 10 or 12 things you should do right now to help with SEO. I could see that working in a variety of ways for your business. So find someone, if you do want to be hands-on, then find that expert who can at least review what you're doing and say, hey, watch out for these things. Work on these things. Here's a bit of a roadmap for you, right? So I think investing in that is is huge. So my advice typically is what, what I try to do is as soon as you can, you know. So we, like as we started hiring more and as, as – as we started making more money, and so there's more revenue there, we're like, hey, let's. Who can we partner with to help us make better hiring decisions? And so that's why we do the culture index thing. And so we we survey all of our our candidates. We've got a process we go through, and it's pretty detailed. It's awesome, and we pay for that. But it, it's it's led us to make really good hires, you know, because you look at man the the cost, and and I've seen some studies that there's a pretty wide range, but the cost of a bad hire 
is really, really high in terms of time and money. So like as soon as we were ready to do that, we invested in it and started pushing ahead on how do we hire better. So that, that's my advice, as soon as you can. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, I do highly encourage everybody that is listening, if you don't want to deal with your SEO stuff, your, your Google shopping cart, uh, your micro data, and, and all these things that take a long time to not only learn, but, but even longer to actually implement into your business and, and to get it right. I mean, there's, there's so many things you got to think about. Um, I highly encourage you to reach out to Brett. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe there's, there's a, you know, some way y'all can form a partnership and, and um, mutually beneficial uh, way of, of going about doing that uh, with each other. So, uh, Brett, if, if they did want to reach out to you and, and get some more information, um, what would be the best way for them to contact you? Sure. So best way is go to OMG Commerce. So it stands for Online Marketing Giant, but omgcommerce.com. Form you can fill out there. Uh, I am on Twitter, although not exceptionally active, only marginally active. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn, so happy to connect there as well. And then I also uh, run a podcast myself, so e-commerce evolution, ecommerceevolution.com. All about e-commerce, kind of the best and brightest minds in e-commerce, shaping the e-commerce industry. So check that out. That's on, on iTunes or ecommerceevolution.com. But yeah, the best way for the agency, it's, it's omgcommerce.com. Absolutely. And, and all of the links are going to be available to you uh, either down in the description below or um, you know somewhere very readily available. I'm not sure how you're consuming this content right now, but wherever you are listening to it or, or reading it or, or, or watching it, uh, it will be... Um, around. It, it will be readily available. So I highly encourage you to reach out to Brett. Um, so, so you know, we talked a little bit about your past. Actually, we talked a lot of bit about your past. Uh, and, and, <laughs> yeah. and we yeah. talked about what you're doing now. Um, but, but what does the future hold for you? You know, where, where do you see yourself going, um, you know, in the next couple years? Yeah, so one of the things we're, we're doing as we're kind of building our company is to structure it where uh, I can have my time freed up to be doing uh, mainly a handful of things. One, selling. So I enjoy selling. I want to be out selling more. Probably about 30% of my time right now is spent in selling. I'd like for that to be 50. So I want to be spending about half my time selling and selling key accounts, like working on big, big advertisers, big accounts. That That's where I want to spend 50% of my time. Uh, the rest of my time I want to divide between um, helping the team grow so doing some some of the hiring, training, working with our, specifically our paid search team, that's the team that I'm most involved with. Um, but then also speaking. So I like I like speaking, I like writing. I, I have an opportunity to speak four or five times a year, give or take, on, on a given year. I'd like to do that more. Uh, I, I enjoy writing, although I don't get to do that a whole lot. I wrote the Google Shopping Guide, I've written some uh, blog posts at Search Engine Journal and SEM Rush and Shopify variety of places. I like to do that more. So like taking, we've done a pretty good job, I think, of our agency becoming thought leaders in certain areas, but I want to do that more. So spending more time as a thought leader in the in the areas of, of search, Google shopping, things like that. We're also expanding into Amazon services. So we're uh, we're doing that for, for a while now, but, but Amazon sponsored product ads. You know, the Amazon ecosystem, as we all know, is huge. It's growing. Like there are more product searches done on Amazon than on Google, which is crazy. Um, so we and a lot of our e-commerce clients are on Amazon. So I, I see over time more and more of our business being on Amazon. Right, So it's pretty small. The majority of our business is, is with uh, uh, paid search and organic search, which is almost all Google. Um, but I see Amazon really growing. Um, and, and then, you know, uh, that, that's kind of, that's kind of right now we've got some ideas of things we want to invest in and, and kind of, uh, grow in, but, but our core business, I think it's going to be, you know, pushing, growing, becoming thought leaders in, in more areas and then, you know, growing things like Amazon and, and potentially other, other platforms, Facebook ads, that's really growing. We're doing some of that as well, uh, through a partnership. So yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm thinking right now. Absolutely. So you know that was on the very professional side, um, mm -hmm. but what about you personally? You know where 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 does Brett want to go? Where you know what does Brett want to be doing with his time? Yeah, well, I'm going to be chasing kids for the foreseeable future. Uh, so I've got my oldest is 14. Uh, he's a, a freshman, so we, we actually homeschool. Uh, so my wife grew up in the homeschool community. I did not. Uh, I was a public school kid, but 
large homeschool community here in our area. So our kids are in classroom setting two days a week, but um, uh, one homeschool co-op's got like 500 kids in it. And so anyway, I'm the basketball coach for the freshmen, the team my son plays on. It's a homeschool team. We play public schools, though. Uh, so there's going to be more basketball in my future. It's something that, that I, I kind of resisted for a little while. I enjoyed playing, but resisted the coach thing. I got coerced into it. Uh, but now I love it. I've, I just got coached this past season. We actually, actually had a really good season. Um, so more coaching, more chasing of kids. Uh, one of the things we've kind of dreamed about and, and we'll do eventually, like uh, I'd like to take long vacations, working vacations with the whole family. So we've talked about – are you in San Diego? Is that right? Uh, I'm actually in New Orleans. I, just, I came up from the summit. Yeah, just, okay, just okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Uh, so we love San Diego. Like, So we've talked about, hey, wouldn't it be cool over the summer – like go rent out an Airbnb for two or three weeks and, and like take the whole kids. We're in, so we're in Missouri, which we love it, but uh, take take the whole crew out to San Diego. I've got several clients there. We'll spend two weeks. We'll kind of feel like we're locals. We'll get into the, the culture that's there and stuff like that. So uh, that's something we really want to do, um, you know, but mainly it's just chasing kids. I mean, we're building, my dad and I build a tree house. We're kind of, we have five acres. We're kind of developing it a little bit. And, and uh, yeah, man, so just trying to, Trying to make stuff happen for those kiddos. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. And um, you know, you, you really do seem like a like a family man, and and uh, you know, I, yeah, I really do sure. admire that about you. So, yeah, cool. um, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, about the future. Um, mm-hmm. What would you like to leave behind as your legacy? Mm-hmm. That's good. I actually think about that a decent amount, uh, and I don't know if it's because you know because I lost my mom at a young age, or just just because it's way I'm white. I don't know. But I think about that a decent amount. Um, so I, I don't know that I have anything really that well defined. But uh, one, I want my kids to be confident, right? I want them to be confident. I don't want them to be afraid of things. Like, don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid if people don't like you for a little while. Like, don't don't be afraid of any of that. Uh, so I want uh, more than anything, I want my kids to be like healthy, productive you know, living the life they were designed to live. So, uh, so that's the main thing. Um, I would love to, uh, to leave some, uh, money behind as well, but, but mainly like, uh, to help with causes we're interested in. So like, like missionary efforts and other things like that. want to, want to really invest in that. Uh, I also would, you know, would love to have, uh, I'm very passionate about business and, and how business can, can change the world. Right. And that's, that that sounds kind of cheesy. Like as it comes out of my mouth, it sounds a little bit cheesy, but but I do believe that like, you know, we spend the most amount of our time at our job and, and working and things. So like helping entrepreneurs grow and do it the right way and be altruistic, even with their business, like that can have a huge, huge impact. So I would love to have like influence a group of entrepreneurs to, to go out and, and to, to one run their business the right way but then also to invest in change and invest in, in positive things as well. So I'd like to leave my mark on the family, of course, but then also the business community in, in a positive way. So, Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and, you know, I do think that, that coming on the show and, and, you know, speaking so freely and giving so much value, I definitely think you have impacted, uh, you know, a lot of people in a positive way. So, so I want cool. to thank cool. you for Good, that. man. Good. I hope so. I hope yeah, so. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, doing all the things that you've done and, and uh, being successful in, in a variety of different ways, who do you see yourself as, right? Like if you had to describe yourself to somebody else, what would, you know, how would you, how would you describe yourself? Man, I don't know. Uh, I think one of the things that, that, that really helps in, in all that I do is I'm, I'm a learner. You know, I love, I'm, I'm fascinated by things. I'm fascinated by people. I'm fascinated by the why things work. I mean, there's some things I don't care why they work, like my car. I'm just happy that it does work. And so, like, if it works, that's fine. I'm not going to think about the ins and outs so much. But the other things, I'm really inquisitive and I want to know, like, why does that work? Why does it work so well? Uh, and, and things like that. So I'm a learner. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a studier of people. Uh, I think I'm a connector. So I'm, I'm pretty good at connecting people. Uh, I like to form partnerships. And, and then I, I do see myself as an entrepreneur now. I don't know that I necessarily did in the, in the very early days, but I see myself as an entrepreneur. I love business ideas. I love going into new territories and building stuff and, and growing stuff. So, yeah, I think I'm, I'm, a, I'm a learner. I'm a, a builder. I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. 
Awesome. I'm not a builder with my hands. I, I break things when I build with my hands, but you get you get the idea. Right, so. right, right. So, um, you know, I do I do have one more uh, one more question for you. Sure. Uh, this has been a great interview. Again, thank you for your time. Um, but is there anything about yourself that you think is an important part of who you are that I did not ask you about today? In other words, what did I miss? Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that there that there is anything that you miss. I and mean, we covered kind of the the background and, and today. I mean, you know, I'm a I'm a, a huge believer in in uh, faith for myself personally, and I love talking to people of, of a variety of backgrounds. And I think that's how we learn and grow. Talking to people of a variety of backgrounds, but faith is very important to me. Uh, my Christian faith is, has helped in in really every area of my life, and 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 so that's that's super important. Uh, but no, man, I think, I think you did a great job, dude. You, you, I don't know how long you've been doing this, but you, you rock a, a killer interview. So, so hats, hats off to you. But, but no, we covered some really fun stuff from family to background to business. So I, I think we, I think we hit it. Absolutely, man. It, it's been an absolute blast. So, you know, again, to everybody listening, um, all those links that we talked about in the book are either going to be in the description below or, or somewhere, uh, very, very accessible to you. Highly encourage you to reach out to Brett. Uh, he could definitely positively impact you in, in, in a very substantial way. Um, and, and you know, I, I want to thank you for listening. Uh, you, you guys are, are the reason that, that uh, we do this. And to be able to have some sort of impact on the entrepreneurial community uh, is, is absolutely what I'm in it for. And, and you know, Brett, you kind of uh, voice similar opinions to that. So uh, I want to thank cool. you for listening. Um, and this has been another Project Egg interview. Today we've been talking to Brett Curry from Kansas City. Have a good one.